amazing. Let's thank God for the life of our father, the Archbishop. And let's thank God for the life of our father, Reverend Eddie. Take your seats, please. The first spirit under attack tonight is the spirit of rejection. We've not even started, but the spirit of rejection is moving already. Moving. <laughs> the, the first spirit that will die is the spirit of rejection. You know, there are certain things that I've not done before. I've not done, I don't call people out by name. I don't mention people's situations by name. I, I never, I always do that. Like, maybe today to change. I don't know. <clears throat> okay. So we began a series on the weapons of our warfare. We'll use this to be the part two of it. But tonight we are centering majorly on how we can establish our victory. The weapons of our warfare. We started the other time and then we said, a number of important things. Let's just look at them briefly, then we move on. We have very little time and a lot to do. You know, when it comes to the issue of liberation, it's very, very important because the devil's advantage, his best advantage is to convince you that he doesn't exist. He's not there. He's, he's not the one doing it. Once he's able to convince you that he's not the one doing it, that's it. He has won. He can do whatever he likes and you will never suspect him. You will never, you see, the strength of people who are doing you and are close to you is that you don't know. That's the strength of the thing. And so it, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And by the time you discover that they are the ones, you have led them too close. And you have to restructure your whole circle to recover, just to recover before you start again. And so one of the things that the devil makes a lot of Christians think is that things like spiritual warfare don't exist. And I heard this from a pastor's lips this week. That he doesn't believe in spiritual warfare. Yes. And when I, when I saw it, I, I had to go back and listen again. Because, and this is um, a very esteemed teacher of the word. You know? So you can see that this thing is not, it's not a joking stuff. And the reason we have to be alert and educated concerning this is that when, when we say we are the next generation or we are the youth or we are the future leaders or whatever we name we choose to call ourselves, the truth is that we are not the first. This week, I saw Kwame Nkrumah's picture in 1929 when he was in Achimota School. Naturally, I said there was also a time in Kwame Nkrumah's life that he was also a future leader. He was a future leader. But the guy is dead. You see, so... One of my favorite scriptures is Ecclesiastes 1.9. I think a lot of people know it, but they don't know it's a scripture. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, that which has been is that which will be. There is no new thing under the sun. <laughs> Look at it. The thing which had been is the thing which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there's no new thing under the sun. <laughs> it's, it's a scripture. The bondages that the devil uses to tie people up, he hasn't changed though. So when you are able to unravel and decode the, the strategies that he uses, you have an advantage. And you have more or less a permanent advantage. 
The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his character of winning also doesn't change. Just as the character of the devil to deceive, to enslave, and to kill and destroy people doesn't change. Are you with me or you are going home? Tonight, please stay with me because we are going to be discussing very strange things. And also be alert, okay? Don't be loose. Don't be loose because you can easy, easily collect something which is not yours. <laughs> Amen. Right. So the last time we met, we discussed that spirituality is very real. The spirit realm is very real. And we established 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4 says, so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 also had something very, very important to say. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then we also established First John chapter 5 and verse 19. We said that we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. And then we also established James chapter 4 and verse 7. And we said, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he shall do what? He shall flee from you. So, these scriptures alert us to the fact that the spiritual realm is real. And if you ignore it, you ignore it to your own detriment. We've already said that the advantage of the devil is to convince you that he doesn't exist. He, to convince you that he's not there. He's not the one doing it. No, That is his main game. So the, the warfare that we are inside, some people are asleep. Because in their minds there's no war. And so there's nothing to fight. There are many people who, um, okay, let me, let me start from here. We said some time back that there's no independent thought. You remember that one when we're dealing with developing a human spirit? We said all thoughts in the world, every single thought, and we speak as spiritual people, okay? This one is not for, um, you see, this is especially for those online, okay? When it comes to the issue of spiritual warfare and, and all these things, a lot of people see it to be foolishness, especially as young people, especially those of us in university, especially those of us in a certain university, which is in my head right now. We think that spiritual warfare is, is nonsense. And we think it's for oldies. We think it's for old people. And we think um, it's unrealistic. Even some of us Christians. So immediately we hear spiritual war, oh, then we just tune off. It's like we don't even want to listen, cry again. But you give me a chance, okay? Let me explain a little. Give it a chance. If you know and it doesn't work, it doesn't hurt you. But if you don't know and it works, you see that. <laughs> right. So, all thoughts in the world are influenced by four things. It's influenced by either your soul, your own spirit, the Holy Spirit, or demon spirit. Your soul is made of your will, your intellect, and your emotions. And so, if you are having a thought, one of the sources of that thought may be from your soul. It may be as a result of 
your intellectual capability or your emotional state or your will, right? What you want to do, your intentions. It can also be from your spirit. The thought can be from your spirit. That because man is primarily a spirit, sometimes we pick up communicates around us. And that can come in the form of thoughts. So your spirit can inform you or um, conjure or um, supply a thought. If like. Your thought can also be from the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, For he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so because of that, the Holy Spirit can supply your spirit with a thought. And you can receive it. Right? Proverbs 20:27 20, says, The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. So if... You know, one of the things you should understand is that spirits play with spirits. Spirits don't play with, with physical bodies. Spirits only interact with other spirits. So, if the Holy Spirit wants to do anything or say anything to you, he will tell your spirit. And he can supply you with the thoughts. Once you become born again and receive the Holy Spirit, you can receive ideas and thoughts from the Holy Spirit. In fact, Romans 8.26 says that the prayer points that we get when we are speaking in tongues are coming from the Holy Spirit. So he says, and so the spirit himself, the King James says itself, autos, it can also mean himself, was a mistake in the translation. Supply, he helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, and makes intercession for us by groanings which cannot be uttered, right? And the last source of thoughts is demon spirits. Demon spirits are also spirits. Demon spirits can influence your soul, they can influence your spirit. Demon spirits can supply thoughts to your emotions. They can supply thoughts to your intellect. They can supply thoughts to your will. They can supply thoughts to your spirit. And all of these sources work differently. So depending on how the thought is coming and how it's working, you will know the source. You will know where it's coming from. So when we did developing a human spirit, again, we looked at um, how you can differentiate between when a thought is coming from your spirit and when a thought is not coming from your spirit. It's coming from your soul or from, or from some other thought. And the way spirits um, operate, so now let's eliminate the soul and let's talk about spirits, okay? The way spirits operate are different. Your spirit is yours. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our own image. We know from John 4.24 that God is a spirit. And so when God said, let us make man in our image, God made man a spirit, right? And when God made man a spirit, what it meant is that man can interact with the spiritual realm. Just to enable us interface with this natural realm, he trapped us in a body. And a soul developed as a result of that union. The soul wasn't created. The soul was formed as a result of the marriage between the spirit and the body. And so man, we say, oh, man is tripartite. Man, actually, man is only two. It's only two parts, just spirit and body. The soul came as a result, you see. And so, when we talk about spirits, depending on what type of spirit we are talking about, we can relate to very specific characteristics. Are you here or you are going home? Right. Human spirits have a way they behave. The Holy Spirit has a way he behaves. And demon spirits also have a way they behave. So, when we talk about spiritual warfare, we are talking about this radius, the human spirit, the Holy Spirit, and demon spirit. And we said that though we walk in the flesh, okay, though our experience on this earth is majorly physical, 
the interactions that we have as it relates to warfare is not in the flesh. It's all in the spirit. All of it is in the spirit. So if you were to wage war effectively as a human being, let's forget Christian. Let's leave Christian now. As a human being, if you were to wage war effectively, you will have to have knowledge of spirits and how they work. Do you understand up to this point? Right. We will have to dive into spirits. How spirits work. Last time when we spoke about this thing, we spoke about the agency of spirituality, didn't we? And we said that being spiritual is, is not an option. Being spiritual is not an op- not being spiritual is, is not a gamble you can afford. You can't afford it. Because you will die and discover that you lived a very wretched life. That could have been way better. Way, way, way better. Hmm. So let's talk about the devil's weapons. Then we talk about our weapons. Alright, today we are, we are going to fly, run in Christ and understatement. I need you to pay attention because it is on the basis of this um, information that we are going to pray. Because we are going to pray. We have to pray. Let's speak in tongues for 20 seconds. Prepare us, Lord, for your word. Prepare us, Lord, for your word. Prepare us, Lord, for your word. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. The f- Let's talk about the levels of satanic oppression. Warfare, spiritual warfare, is about light and darkness all the time. It's about light and darkness. The human spirit has the option to choose between light and darkness. You can align to any and it's allowed. When God made man in Genesis 1, the Bible says that he made man to dominate. When the Bible said in um, um, Psalms, the book of Psalms 82, verse 6, that don't you know that you are God's? He was talking about the mandate that he had given us. Because the word God over there is the word Elohim. Elohim means ruler or judge. Okay, So, we are all rulers and judges. One of the things that God did for us is to give us a will, and he made that will sacrosanct. If you didn't attend a certain school, the English is too big. Sacrosanct means untouchable or sacred, meaning that God locked himself purposefully and intentionally out of our own will. Why? So that our choice to love him will be real. If God didn't do that, then we will choose him by compulsion. Our choice of him will not be real like that. It would be influenced by his presence and by his involvement. So, another thing that God did to ensure that the choice of loving him was real, was and it's a little deviation, okay, I'll come back, is to put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden and the tree of life over there. That tree served two major purposes. The first purpose that that tree served was to give us the opportunity to love God willfully and intentionally. Because you see, the love language of God, who is the creator, is obedience. John 14, 21 says, He that hath my commandment and keeps them, that is the guy who loves me. 
and the one who loves me will be loved of my father, and I will love him too, and he will, we will manifest ourselves to him. So the love language of God is obedience. And obedience is normally captured in a commandment which can be either obeyed or broken. So when God said, don't touch this tree, don't eat it, what he was saying was, this is an opportunity for you to love me. And Jesus reiterated this. When he came, he said, whoever wants to come after me, let him prove his love by taking up his cross how many times? Daily. So when you are following God and you want to prove your love for him, the way you show it is by obedience. According to God, when you obey him, you are loving him. When you disobey him, it's a declaration of war. You, you hate him. And he won't take it lightly. That's the reason God's reaction and response to disobedience all the time is very extreme. Because it is a sign of choosing the other side. That's the reason he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's one reason. Okay? The other reason was to give us an opportunity to choose between which would take the lead in our decision making. Either the soul or the spirit. But we won't talk about that today. So, when God made us and made us spirits and gave us the dominion mandate to rule on earth, God gave us the opportunity to either choose him or choose the devil. And it has been like that ever since. That God has decided that us enjoying his benefits, being around him, having a relationship with him is optional and it will always be optional. It is never by force. But the truth of the matter is that there are spiritual laws. Look, death has always been around. When Adam and Eve were created, death was already in existence. Death didn't come into existence because they sinned or you know, it's something of the sort. No. Death had always been there, but they were shielded because of the presence of God. Jesus said it is the spirit that gives life. God is a life-giving spirit all the time. You need to bear in mind. And so, when God gave us an opportunity to choose light or darkness, it was an indication that there is a contention going on. It's always a choice between light and darkness in your life. The fruits of light are evident. The fruits of darkness are also evident. You can see when light is at work, and you can also see when darkness is at work. Darkness is a primary force. You see, Jesus was speaking in Luke 10, 19, and he said, I have given you power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You see, that was Jesus admitting the fact that the enemy has power. Darkness has power. You see, when we say darkness or the enemy is powerless, it's true. It's true. But we only say that when we just oppose the enemy's power to God's power. When you put the enemy's power on the left and you put God's power on the right, you see that, ah, this is, this is I mean, it's even negligible. You can, you can ignore it and you'll be safe. But on their own, ignoring or, or looking away from the power that is inherent when it comes to the enemy and the plans and actions that he has, if you ignore that thing, you are ignoring it to your own detriment. Ephesians 6 verse 12, the first, one of the first scriptures we looked at says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Darkness is a force. It has power. 
there is power inside darkness. The only reason you will not feel it is because you dwell in light. But even then, even then, there are certain aspects of your life that you can attest to that there is an amount of darkness there. There's not much light over there. <laughs> so tonight, let's expose the levels of satanic power. There are three. We'll talk about only three, okay? And then after that, we'll talk about our weapons. Then we pray and we close. All right. Levels of satanic oppression. The first level of satanic oppression is deception. We've already mentioned it. The most powerful tool that the devil has against you, the primary, the first, the most important, the most common, the most widespread is deception. To deceive you about anything is to gain advantage over you. For the devil to make you think that black is white and white is black, he has you. That's it. And this one, it affects both believers and unbelievers. Hmm. See, the only antidote to deception. So when we say deception, what, what do we mean? Deception means untruth. That you don't have a full picture of the truth. Or you don't have the complete picture of the situation. You are deceived. Rick Joyner says, God told him that one of your greatest advantages in this spiritual work is for you to know your level of deception about anything. Many of us are deceived. We are deceived about various subjects. We are deceived on the issue of sex. As youth, we think sex is just something we do. It's not a fault. It's not a fault. It's what has been sold to us. And you see, the devil is working behind the scenes to sell it because he knows that once he's able to sell that deception and you buy it, he has you. And so what do we say about sex now? Oh, I mean, when you, when you go to um, secular relationship seminars and discourses, you know, um, very recently I heard there was, uh, it's not even new, it's been there for a while. I just discovered it. It's called Clubhouse. It's an app where people just talk. You know, it's, it's an audio distance. People just talk. And you can't join unless you are invited. Amazing. You can't join unless you are invited. And there are a number of groups that will be recommended to you based on the interests you choose. Right? And then they will be having discussions and you can listen and contribute. And almost all the relationship discussions that young people have on Clubhouse centers around sex. Teaching themselves how to do foreplay. Teaching themselves which position is better than which one. Teaching themselves how to do certain things with certain parts of their body. Teaching themselves how to um, explore and how to add more variety. I mean, it's fantastic to hear young people who are not married talking about sex like that. And the devil's advantage is to let you think that sex is all it is. Penis, vagina, we are, we, are, we are true. I mean, like, what else? And when we do it, you know, it's become so bad that now people have sex bodies. Don't make your face like you don't know what I'm saying. You know, I, I hate this thing. Like, when, when, I'm, when we are in church and we, we start talking about this, it's like, you, are, you want to leave me alone. It's like, I'm the only one who understands these things. One day, I took my friend's phone 
and I was going through his phone. And it came up in the going through that he had a sex buddy. So this young lady will basically text her, text him when she's free. Say, I've closed from work. Can I come over? That's the, that's the key word. Sometimes this guy will cancel work because the girl is coming. You call him and his phone is off because the girl is coming. Because it's a free opportunity to bench. And many of us have that. What, what, the other thing we call it is no strings attached. You see, no strings attached. It's like we just mess around. We just mess around for, you know. And, you know, many times we think, we think that once there's no penetration, it's okay. It's sad. Also, it's very sad when sometimes Christians come up to you and they ask questions like, um, young Christians, so they say, so is oral sex a sin? Because, you see, we are not really entering. It's just all brushing. Do you know what brushing is? <laughs> I should teach you. <laughs> is that brushing? Brushing. Is it, is, it, is it a sin? Is it a sin or is it not a sin? Oh. <laughs> and the devil's advantage is to make you trivialize it. Make you think that it's nothing. But you see, this is one of the main... One day a girl was bat- battling with depression. And it was... I, I shared it here the other time. The depression, the source of the depression, when we entered and entered and entered, it had to do with a blood job she had given a certain guy on the staircase at a certain university in a certain country, which name starts with G. You can, there's Gambia, Gabon, Guyana, Germany. Eh? <laughs> Where? Okay. Okay, you can, you can add that too. You can add what Elom said. You can add it. And the devil is all he's looking for is a space to enter. All that, that's all he needs. If you want to access this whole auditorium, all that you need is just enter the gates. That's all. That's all. But depending on which gates you enter, you can have very specific access. So depending on what gates the devil enters, and this particular gate is one of the most potent gates that the devil can use. So many, many of the people you see now on campuses are under all sorts of bondage. All sorts of bondage because of this particular issue, sex. And we are so deceived about it. Purity is now something that we can't talk about anymore because it's touchy. How far is too far? We begin to develop jargons to, you know, justify our foolishness. How far is too far? So what about if we kiss, but we don't kiss deep? We will kiss, but it's only, we will not really use the tongue. We will use just the lips. And even the lips is the lower lip. <sighs> you see, we begin to play with fire. And it's because we are deceived. We don't really understand what we are dealing with. See, let me share something with you. Truth, truth is the only antidote available for deception. This one, this particular level, the one thing that can easily take care of it is truth. It's not just the truth. It is the love of the truth. You see, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. 
Even whom whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. Verse 10. Verse 10. And with all the deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. And so because of that, what will happen? Verse 11. Because of this, God will send them a strong delusion. What this means is that God will lead you to all the things you believe. And you will believe a lie. And the lie will ravage you. But Jesus had already said in John 8.32 that you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, the truth will set you free. The word know over there is the word, the same word that is used for sex. So it means that you will have intercourse with the truth. You see, you can be around truth and still not be free. So there are many people here, they can relate to what, what I'm saying. Let me tell you something. I'm not afraid or shy to say it. And my father and my mother will probably be watching it. May you not be shocked. Don't, please, I, I hope my sisters are around so that if in case of anything, they can, they, yes. There was a time in my life that I will close from church and go and give somebody's daughter head. Do you know what head is? You are, you, are, you, you, <laughs> you, are, you are behaving like you, I'm, I'm the only one. It's like I'm the bad one who has come to church. You see, I said that I used to come to church like this. Right? Powerful. I will lift my hand. Sometimes I even lead worship. Sometimes I even lead worship. Or play keyboard. Then after that, I'll go and give somebody's daughter what? I'll give her what? Head. The word is head. <laughs> so I know exactly what I mean when I say you can be around the truth and you will not be free. You will not be free. You, it has even come to be that the pastor's children are even the bad ones. And there are some people now, eh, the devil has released a certain breed of wolves among the sheep that they can quote scriptures to you in order to get you to sin sexually. Yeah. Just this morning, I had one. Just this morning, I had one. I'm a man of God. Let me help you register. In a certain school, the name starts with Elders, Lancaster. There's uh, London, London University. There's what? Oh, Laboni, how Laboni, how? <laughs> what? Okay, okay, you can also, you can also add that one. <laughs> you said, I'm a man of God, let me help you do what? Register. And by the time she realized, one of her legs was tied to the bedpost. And there are things that we, like, we ignore and behave as if it doesn't exist. The truth that you know, the truth that you have encountered hard and intercourse, the truth that you have had relations with. Because you see, fruitfulness is not cheap. I can sit beside you close. Our bodies can even touch. It will never result in any fruit. We can even kiss. I can use my fingers. It will still not result in any fruit. It's only when something entered something and it stayed there for a time and something else happened, then fruit will happen. So you can be in church and still be in bondage. And you see, when we talk about the truth, the truth, I'm not talking about um, partial truth or a little of the truth. Okay, let me, I use this example during the week. Let me use it again. What is the color of the sun? Here, this one, I think, Lancaster, what's the color of the sun? Yes, I knew that's what you say. From red to yellow. 
Who else? What's your name? Sorry? Yasmin. What's the color of the sun? Do you know the color of the sun? Yellow. Hey. You are laughing. You are laughing. Makafui, what's the color of the sun? Yellow. Amazing. What? Uche. It's white. The color of the sun is white. Say you are shocked. <laughs> you, you can't believe it. You think it's like, it's true. The color of the sun is white. That is why the light that comes from the sun is also white. But that one, too, I know you won't believe it. You see, when we say the rainbow has formed, what has happened? We learned this in GSS. If you attended a good school, they taught you. They said the rain droplets act as um, glass prisms. Is that not it? And then when the light, white light passes through it, it, it is dispersed into its various components. What are the components? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Is that not it? And then in the BC, you used to have a mnemonic, heroic beef. Yes. You have done it all. You have done it all for your friend. So, you see, when um, the light is coming from the sun, all these colors are inside, though, but we see it as white. So, whenever you see white, white is a mixture of all these colors in equal proportion. Right? You see, everything and anything will be true if you are using a certain type of light. Depending on the type of light you are using, something may be true or false. Okay? When white light falls on any material, we are doing science now. I think um, after church, I have to um, collect some money for, for classes, classes for years. When white light falls on any material, the reason you can see it as, you can see the color of the material is that there's absorption and reflection. So when white light, for instance, falls on this shirt, what is the color of this shirt? Blue. The reason you can see it as blue is that the white light falling on the shirt, this material has absorbed all the other colors and it's reflecting blue back to your eye because the blue in it is more than all the other colors. Do you understand? Okay, you can go and listen to podcasts and play it over and over again. That is why you can see it as blue. When you see black, it means the material has absorbed all the colors and it's left with nothing. There's no reflection back. This is also the reason when you wear black on a sunny day, you feel warm. Hey, you weren't taught all this. You look, you, your faces look very blank. Amazing. Okay. So, depending on the absorption and reflection going on, you will see colors. That is if you are using white light. So, when you're using white light, for instance, to view a place, and that place is stained with blood or any other biological fluid, semen, right? If, if there's semen in this handkerchief and the semen is dried, if you use white light to view it, you won't see it. You will not see it. But when you use another light source, an alternate light source, like UV light, or what? Black light. There are different types of light. Black light, blue light, red light. If you use UV light to view this same thing, you will see that the semen will appear. It will start flourishing. It will start shining. And then you will see. So, if you put the thing here and there's semen inside and use white light to view it and you can't see anything, is it true that there's nothing in it? Yes, it's true. Because the white light is not showing you anything. If you use blue light, you will see that the stain has appeared. Is it true that there's something in it? Yes, it's true. So, depending on the kind of light you are using, you will see different things. 
So depending on the kind of truth you are using to shine on the situation, you are right. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is for this reason that John 1 verse 6, the Bible says there was a man sent from God. His name was John. This guy wasn't the light, but he was sent as a witness to the light. Eh? Verse, verse 9. The light that he was sent to bear witness of, that is the true light. That is the kind of light that when you use, you can see every... See, there's nothing that can be hidden in that kind of light. There's nothing that can be hidden in that kind of... Do you understand the scripture now? That different lights will give you, you know, um, negative, negative. Those who were born in the 90s and now they and co. The 80s, those who were born in the 80s. I mean, so why didn't come? He was born in the 70s, you see. Uh, <laughs> they know that photographs used to have negatives. You know what negative is? Okay, Google it. You have to use red lights to look at it. There are different types of lights and they reveal different kinds of things. There is no one light that you can see everything with. But the Bible says this light that John came to bear witness of was a true light. And when Jesus grew up, he was doing his ministry. One day, they caught the woman in adultery and then he said something in John 8. Um, I think it was in verse 16. He said, I am the light of the world. He who has me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. This is the only antidote. No, not this one. Verse 12. Yes. I am the light of the world. The light that is able to see all dimensions and all angles. Because you see, when you have a sickness right now, and you are looking at it only through the lens or under the light of the medical profession, the medical profession can explain to you and say, okay, this is fibroid. Fibroid is formed when there is spontaneous division of cells. They can explain it, and it's true. It's true. It's not a lie. But that is because of the kind of light you are, you are looking at it. You will not be able to determine the true source of the thing. You are not seeing a full picture. But when you are seeing it through the light of the word, you see, everything becomes clear. Everything becomes clear. You can see that even though it is fibroids and it can be medically explained, actually, the source is not medical. The source is spiritual. One day, there was five boys in a certain girls. You see, many things, when you see, you keep quiet when you haven't been invited. This particular girl, she was carrying babies. But in, in the physical, it's five boys. She was carrying twins. In the spirit. Only in the, in the spirit. And if I tell her and say, excuse me, please, you are carrying twins, you, you, she will say it's not true. Later on, she... Uh, came to uh, say that, okay, she was diagnosed with fibroids and what, what, what. I said, okay. Because, again, I hadn't been invited. I'll just shut up. <coughs> Some, sometimes you'll be there, you feel depressed. And you can explain it psychologically. And say, actually, when you are not feeling well and, you know, all these kinds of things, you know, you'll be feeling, you can explain it. But actually, there is a spirit of heaviness that has come upon you. That is why you are feeling the way you are feeling. Some of us have been battling with attitudes and habits. We have tried to stop. We have done 21 days. You see, they said that if you want to form a new habit, you, you start or stop for 21 days and then it will, it will go away. How far? How far? The, after the 21 days, did they work? 
It didn't work. Oh. And, and we've been trying. We tried different, different things. And because we are deceived about the situation, we can't even tackle it. Look, ignorance is a force in the spirit. That is what darkness and deception also can stand for, ignorance. Why have you finished school for two years and you still don't have a job? Is it the economy? Fix the country. It's what? You haven't really taken time to look into your family to understand why nobody gets married before 28. You haven't really taken time to analyze why nobody in your family is able to break beyond a certain money level. There is nobody you can actually point to in your family and say, this is a wealthy man. You see, the reason you are in church is to gather spiritual intelligence to diagnose these things. And when you diagnose these things, when you shed the true light on it, and again, the light, who, is, who, who, who said I'm the light of the world? Jesus. Who is Jesus? John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word of God is the true light. When you see it through the lens of the word of God, you see that everything becomes clear. Don't sit there and just behave anyhow. Don't allow yourself to be ravaged. Hmm. I've only spoken about one level of satanic operation, but we have to close. Let me tell you about the other ones in a nutshell. Then we start breaking, okay? The second level of satanic operation is manipulation and control. This happens in the soul realm. When we say manipulation and control, manipulation and control has to do with bending your will, okay? Forcing you to do things that you cannot do. Forcing you to do things that you do not want to do. There are some of us that, even though we are young, we have already developed a taste for certain things we can't even talk about. There was this friend of mine who was battling with alcohol. Not even up to 30 years. And all it took was just, it was even accidental this truth or these foolish things that you've been doing, you see. Again, the devil will make you trivialize everything and anything. One mistake is all he's looking for. Just one slip and that's it. The, from the day he took that vodka shot, phew, that was it. He could never stop. And he will be crying and crying and crying and say, what is wrong with me? Because he does not want to drink. He doesn't. He does not want to drink. He does not want to drink. But he will be crying and drinking. No, you see, you are laughing, but the last time you promised God that you won't do it again, you told him that you won't do it again in January. And in, by March, you hadn't done it, so you thought, but you realized that in April you did it and you had even learned a new style. You don't even know how that new style came in. But by April, you had mastered a new style latently and you were doing it. And even when you were doing it, you, you were asking yourself, my God, what am I doing? But you were still doing it. And you couldn't stop. Why? Why couldn't you stop? One day, a certain lady told me about um, an abortion she had just had and the fact that she was afraid because she thinks she's going to die. 
and I, I didn't know. Sometimes I don't know what to tell her. Me, it's Nadia. I'll call. I'll, I'll call Nadia and say, please. This one is a girl. That's my. Oh, that's my forever excuse. That because it's a girl, I'm not a girl. I don't know how to handle it. So can you? If if I if I look at it and I see that Charlie is something that we can counsel you about, I'll just I'll just call a girl for you. But this young lady was crying because she said she promised herself that she wasn't going to have premarital sex again. And the one slip up that she made, just one, she got pregnant. And, and the funny thing, she always uses protection. Only that day that she didn't use now, actually. There is a certain lady also, she found herself in a relationship and then she came crying that she doesn't remember accepting the relationship. I said, when you are manipulated, eh, you will do things you will. Later on, she said, she, uh, what she can remember is that she was asleep. And then it was like somebody was proposing to her. And then she said yes. Or like somebody was asking her something. And she said yes. When she woke up, the boy was behaving differently. You know, baby, you know, this guy's like, ah, but are you, are you, what is wrong with you? And the, the boy said that, oh, Charlie, by you, we spoke this dawn and you understood everything. And out of pity or, I don't know, sympathy or whatever, she was like, oh, is that so? Then, okay, then, then it's on. Meanwhile, she'll come and cry and say, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship. There was another lady who could, ah, let me tell you about this one. She dreamt and saw a guy. Ah, like the devil is wicked, though. She dreamt and saw a guy, and the guy's thing, the guy's thing was a snake. I, it was a snake. And she woke up and said, Jesus. And she, she had seen the guy's face, right? I kid you not. The guy appeared physically, proposed to this same girl, and she accepted <laughs> she accepted the thing oh. she accepted and only God knows I'm praying God I'm praying that she hasn't done it with this boy because if she has then does it there's another lady who was having sex with her boyfriend and she said she wanted to stop she couldn't stop and she Nankasa was telling me that there are five girls Firstborn um, gave birth before she got married. Secondborn gave birth before she got married. Thirdborn gave birth before she got married. And she's on it. <laughs> she's on it. She's already living with her boyfriend. She's living with her boyfriend. She's also on the project. Very soon, she will also give birth. Manipulation and control. You don't even know why you are doing what you are doing. Your grades are not working. But when you wake up in the morning, you have no desire whatsoever to go to class. It's like something has come over you and you really, really want to go to class, but you just can't. You just can't. <laughs> you just can't. You had a dream or you had a prophetic word. Somebody said, protect your job. Something is about to happen to your job. But for some strange reason, when you go to work, you have no desire to work. You'll be, op- you'll be playing solitaire. And when they tell you that, ah, but why are you playing solitaire at the workplace, then something comes over you, then you start shouting or behaving rudely. You are under attack. And it's like, you can, you can tell that, no, 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 I don't want to do this. 
there's a certain young lady who had anger issues. One day she threatened her boyfriend and was um, brandishing a knife at him. And then by God's grace, the boy was able to escape. Then this girl wrote a, a text message about four pages begging. He said, I don't know what came over me. And the boy said, you know, the boy accepted the apology. So we were all like, wow. I think next time we should leave you there so that, you know, we will come and meet your intestines on the floor. I think maybe one day we should leave you there. And the, the boy says, no, you don't understand. That's how she is. That's how she is. When she, she becomes angry, she, she, loses, she loses control. She can't do anything about it. And she, she knows that this is not how it's supposed to be, but it's just there like that. Be on your face, please. We were not able to go far. But we have to break certain things. The devil is a good leader. He's a great leader. If I start telling you about a great leader and I say, this guy has a large organization. He has decentralized his organization. There are hierarchies. He has many agents all over the world who work in tandem to make sure that everything that is purpose and planned is brought to fruition. This guy is a guy who has won many awards. He has many accolades. You will not know I'm talking about the devil. It's him I'm talking about. He has agents everywhere working hard day and night to make sure that his purpose to steal, kill, and destroy is always in operation. And the only people who stand any chance of even standing against him are people who are enlightened. They just know. See, one of the biggest mistakes that we'll make is to underestimate the devil. We don't overestimate him, but we also don't downplay him. The Bible said in you see, spiritual warfare, let me say this before we close. Spiritual warfare is not about winning the victory. Spiritual warfare is about establishing the victory. See, I know there are people here because I've dealt with two cases already here in this room that when they sleep and they wake up, somebody has come to sleep with them in their dream. And they wake up and they're either, you see that feeling, they've either released or, you know, there's some kind of, they feel funny. They feel like somebody has touched them. Two, yeah, yeah, two of them. Some of us, the reason that we can't stop masturbating is because you are married in the spirit. That's the reason. You are, you are married. You are married in the spirit. And you're, the, 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 whoever you are married to in the spirit comes to want to have intimacy with you and then it leads you to do that. And many of us are struggling with pornography and masturbation. I think it's the most common. Today alone, let me just end it there. On a daily, it's the most common. See, one of the, one of the biggest favors you will do yourself is to be honest. Just be honest. Say, oh, but they'll all see my problem. Okay, be there and suffer alone. You will die with your, your problem. Don't die in silence. When you say it, then we know what to do. Because the diagnosis is not the same. But you see, tonight, whether, whether we know or we don't know, you know. And we are going to wage war against it. Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit.
of satanic oppression. It doesn't relate to all of us who are born again. It doesn't, it doesn't work with us. It's complete possession. Complete possession. You see, the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. When you are joined to the Lord, when you are born again, your spirit is joined to the Lord and who can touch what God is inside? Hey. But when you are not saved, when you are a natural man, the devil can also come and join his spirit to yours. And that was the story of the guy in Mark 5. When you are fully possessed by the devil, he controls every single facet of your, your being. He controls your will. He controls your emotions. He controls your level of thinking. Very recently, I was going to church in Cape Coast, right? In the morning, early in the morning, no. And I saw a, a, a teenage girl because you can see that her breasts have been fully developed. She was mad, completely mad. That's, I stood, see, that day, I've never felt so, so, I don't know how, insulted. Maybe that's the word, insulted. That I, and she passed by me, she didn't even react. Oh. I mean, at least if you have some power, the guy, should, the, the demon should, you know, at least recognize she just passed. And I saw that I said, hey, the devil is wicked. Like a teenager. A teenager. The devil doesn't know your age. Oh. And if we are going to take over, you can't fight with bondage. You can't fight with bondage. The, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but you are bound. You are bound already. You can't do anything. Many of us, eh, many of us, we are very sharp. We are trimmed. We are, we are looking very bolé in the spirit. But it's like we are running with a sack of yam. The Bible says that seeing then that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight. Because sometimes you are running the race of faith, but you are, you are running with a weight. It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you are carrying a weight or you are, you are holding a weight, if there's some kind of weight on you, your speed will be reduced. Your speed will be reduced. Oh, but we thank God. Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that the burdens shall be lifted off the shoulders and the yoke shall be broken. The yoke from off his neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. Kasuda Hisidi Akatalaba we have not even started talking about the weapons of our warfare. Next week, God willing, we will go there. I hear the spirit saying now <laughs> lift your right hand now bring to mind whatever it is that you are struggling with you know I don't know bring it to mind bring it to mind start thinking about it put it at the top of the list put it at the top maybe you can see that your academics are not going the way they are supposed to go Maybe it's a sickness you've been battling it. You've been falling sick on and off, on and off, on and off. You have done all the tests in the world. The doctors say you are fine, but you know you are not fine. 
maybe you finished service, you haven't found a job yet, and you can see that it runs in the family, none of your siblings are working. Maybe you have been dealing with pornography for years and years and years. You have tried fasting, you have tried praying, you have tried staying away from the eating, you've done everything. It's just not working. Maybe you are battling with alcohol. Maybe you are battling with reading wrong books. Maybe yours is procrastination. There is this strange feeling of laziness that comes over you every time. You want to work, but you can't. You are, you are experiencing this heaviness. Maybe you are here, you work so hard, you are, you are a hard worker, you know you are not lazy. But then there's nothing to show for it. Place your request in your head. And begin to speak in tongues over it. You can already see a trend in your family. That people don't get married easily. People don't get established easily. Ah. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you for tuning in to today's message. We hope that you have been filled with a fire that fuels your week and a word that erases your doubts and improves your Christian walk with God. We love you so much and we are always here to support. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Instagram and on Facebook with the handle at Action Young Adults. We would be very excited to have you join our amazing family. Until next time, we are Aya. We love to have you and it's always a new day with us. God bless you.